This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey there, Monty. Okay. It's going to be that kind of show on <clears throat> Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Brought to you by Ivermectin. And the college football playoff. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers on this show. Um, it's laughable. We'll tell you about that. The, the fine that Aaron Rodgers got from the... the I, what fine? He cannot afford a cheeseburger today. Uh, Gary Barta, the athletic director at Iowa, will be heard from on this show. As we talk about the college football playoff, the Jazz did what the Jazz needed to do last night, and you have to be thrilled about that if you are a Jazz fan. We'll talk about the NBA. By the way, ya boy. Everybody thinks Damian Lillard's on the move, dude. I mean, it's hard to believe he wouldn't be. I mean, not to say say I told you so, but you know. I don't know when Dame became my boy. That's your guy. What do you mean? But I mean, you know. Ah, it's always Dame time in this house. Shout the Mobamba. Yeah, I how mean, many times on. have you said that? Come on. Come on. Yeah, I like Dame a lot. Yeah, Dame time. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, Oakland's finest. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk. It's going to be a long show. We'll talk NBA coming up uh, as well. But we want to start with the college football playoff right here on the Monte show. Um, Bro, are you okay? I feel like the college football playoff is exclusionary. It is. I really do. And I, I don't know, you know, I don't know where most people come down on this. And, and I don't know. Are, like, are you a fan of the college football playoff? I mean, I'm a fan of us being able to talk about it and, and it being a thing in the sports world. But I just think that it's, you know, again, we, we had our last week, we had our battle to the death about, like, is the system broken? Should everybody get a fair opportunity? You know, so, like, it does provide us with that kind of conversation, which is nice. But, like, just straight up, am I a fan of it? I mean, I like it better than the old system, but I don't love it. You know, like, there's always the there's always going to be the Cincinnati or the Michigan State or the team that that feels like they got victimized by a bunch of dudes sitting around a table talking about who they think the best teams in the country are, you know? And that and that's what I'm always going to have a problem with. I'm always going to have a problem with the idea that that it, it, it comes down to winning and losing comes down to not really what you do on the field, but a bunch of dudes sitting around a table talking about who they want to see or who the best team in the, in the country is. That's yeah. the problem. And, and I, I think that that's a big problem with the college football playoff. And when we talk about does the college football playoff work, I, I don't think there's any question that if you are a Michigan State fan this morning that you are not happy that Michigan passed you. And I think when you look at, at how all of this happens, and this is the conversation we've had about BYU uh, for the last 10 days, is that style points matter. And, you know, it seems like if you get on Twitter and you look at the way that, um, you know, college football fans and BYU fans have reacted to my take that I just don't think they did enough against Idaho State. Um, I don't think they sent enough of a message. Well, guess what? You only moved up one spot. You went from 15 to 14. And then you look at the plight of a team like Michigan State, um, who is eight and one as is Michigan. But hey, by the way, Michigan State beat Michigan. And yes, it is true that 
Michigan State lost to Purdue, and yet somehow they're both 8-1. and one. Michigan State beat Michigan, and now Michigan has moved ahead of Michigan State. And why is that? Because very clearly, it's conjecture and opinion. And you, you have a situation where we watched this unfold on ESPN last night. They literally had Michigan State's schedule on a TV screen, and they were debating sitting around a table – they were debating this, um, and I, and I want to play uh, what Gary Barta said on ESPN last night, the chairman of the you know college football playoff selection committee, because I think if you're a BYU fan, this speaks directly to my point that it is not about the loss to Boise State. It's not about what you've done in the past. It's what you just did. Well, the, the arguments were going on in the room, just like I'm listening to you guys go back and forth a week ago. Uh, it was it was discussed that Michigan might be the more complete team offensively, defensively, every statistic. Uh, Michigan's ahead of Michigan State, but the committee certainly uh, gave Michigan the nod. They were undefeated. They beat Michigan head to head. What's different a week later? Uh, Michigan won. Michigan State lost. Uh, the the discussion in the room went back and forth, very similar to what you're doing now. But at the end of the day. Uh, we felt as a committee that Michigan uh, was a better team and, and to be ranked ahead of Michigan State this week. Stay tuned. We, we get to watch again next week. I mean, do you, that's, that's Gary Barta, the, the chair of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee and the athletic director at Iowa, another Big Ten team, talking about how the committee screwed Michigan State. I mean, there's no other way, there's no other way to explain that. Yeah. Um, that if I'm Michigan State this morning, if I'm a Michigan State football fan, I am pissed. Yeah. Because you beat your in-state rival, and yet they are still ranked ahead of you with the exact same record. Yep. And this, again, I will tell you, the college football playoff is based on opinion and what you did for me this past weekend. That's how the college football and, playoff and listen, rankings are made. And listen listen to what he says here at the, at the end here about, about how – about how you know that was that was last week and this and this is this week. I want to play this portion again because I think this is the most outside of like you know the Michigan versus Michigan State thing from a BYU perspective. I think this is the most important part: the fact that they're talking about hey, it's a week to week thing. It's not a complete package thing when we're sitting around the table. So just listen to this portion again. Every statistic, uh, Michigan's ahead of Michigan State, but the committee certainly uh, gave Michigan the nod. They were undefeated. They beat Michigan head to head. What's different a week later? Uh, Michigan won. Michigan State lost. Uh, the, the discussion in the room went back and forth, very similar to what you're doing now. But at the end of the day, uh, we felt as a committee that Michigan uh, was a better team and, and to be ranked ahead of Michigan State this week. Stay tuned. We, we get to watch again next week. So, wait, they're better this week. They're not as good this week. They could be better next week, and they were ahead last week. So it's a week-by-week week thing. That's what you have to understand. And this is the argument I have been making week in and week out for the last two weeks since we started the college football playoff rankings. I'm telling you, putting up a 70 on, on Idaho State off this week, the off week is going to stagnate you, mm -hmm. right? You're not going to fall, but – you're not going to rise. You lose the momentum. So you're off. when you get to Georgia Southern, you better you better not take your foot off the gas. And I, you know, I was talking to one of the guys I talked to at BYU last night, and he said there was some frustration at BYU that they only moved up one spot. Oh well, what I'm saying 
is, well, it's all conjecture and opinion. Gary Barta, the chairman of the committee, just sat here and told you they debated this for over an hour at a table. And if you don't know how this process works, it is, here are the people on the committee, okay? Paula Bovin, who is a, a, a journalism professor at Arizona State, and, you know, like Rick George, Charlie Cobb, Gary Barta, uh, Gene Taylor, the AD at K-State, like, you have this group of guys who are, you know, administrators, journalists, you know, uh, Tyrone Whittingham, a former coach. Like, you have all these group of football people debating each other, advocating against and for a position. When you're the 14th ranked team and you have a chance to send a message to the committee, because you only need two, three spots to get into a New Year's Six game. And a lot of these teams are going to run into each other. There's a real good chance that Michigan or Michigan State are out of the rankings, are out of the, a New Year's Six Bowl altogether by the time we get there. But yet, you want to play Mr. Nice Guy, and this is what I was talking to this guy at BYU about. And he was telling me, yeah, you know what? We probably could have done more. No, you definitely could have done more. And I said, do you think, you know, do you think that you should have put on more of a show? Um, and the answer is, well, you, you, if that would have helped, yeah. And guess what? Now you don't have a game this weekend. It, it's this, the thing that is so frustrating about this committee is what makes this committee great. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of football people sitting around talking football debating outcomes mm-hmm. they were sitting there arguing about michigan state and michigan with michigan state's schedule on a tv screen what do you think they're gonna do for seven eight nine ten eleven and twelve do you really think these people I just mean, sit around and watch football all day long do you really think that they just sit in front of tvs and watch every single game all day long saturday they don't like they don't so if you're BYU, you got to understand you're you're what I like to refer to as a box score team in terms of the college football committee. They're not watching your game. They're looking at the box score and making a determination based on how many points you put up, what did you do in the run game, how did what what was Jaron Hall's stat line? That's what they're looking at. So for all the people saying, well, I mean, how many people do you think it is now? Like to, at least it's got to be at least 20 or 30 people have said to us on this show in the comments and on Twitter and around who said, well, 60 wouldn't have made uh, much more of a difference than 59, you know, had. Like, 60 wouldn't have helped us much more than 59. Well, you know, like, Cougar for life. Cougar fan, Cougars, Cougs, fan 84 on Twitter. Imagine thinking 11 points will kick BYU out of a New Year's 6 versus an FCF team. That's re- FCS team. That's ridiculous. Okay, is it? So, when you're looking at the final week and you're trying to pick – the 12 teams that are going to play in New Year's six, the New Year's Six Bowls. And you have at-large bids. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at teams' schedules. Look at what happened to Cincinnati. Cincinnati sputtering along to end the season here. And what was everybody on the committee talking about? Well, you know, yeah, they're undefeated, but they're struggling to beat Tulsa. So all of a sudden, the ebb and flow is on the wrong end for for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So what do you think when you've got a two-loss BYU team who had a chance to run through Idaho State and Georgia Southern before beating USC and getting their sixth P5 win? You don't think that this is meaningful at all. When you know already that Michigan State 
got already backslid even though they beat the team in front of them because they lost to Purdue. Come on. This is opinion and conjecture. Yeah. This is a fashion show. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And I know that people get all hot and bothered about it, but I'm telling you, the college football playoff, you can't change it today. It needs some tweaking, there's no doubt. But you're not going to change that today, so you better play the, sti- the system to get you in. And if you look at Utah, Utah's 24th all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And Utah's got big games every week on their schedule, and you don't think that that's... And again, for all the people who are going to say, well, it's a Pac-12, the Pac-12 is not good, how could they possibly, you know, how could the committee possibly give them that kind of credit? And and all I have to say to that is, yeah, sure, Arizona is not a good team, or sure, UCLA is not a good team, or Cal's not a good team, right? Any of these, there's a lot of average-ass football teams in the Pac-12. The difference is, is that, that, that an Arizona nameplate is going to get a lot more credit than a than a you know but, Wachitachi State. But how did how did Utah wind up from going out of the the rankings last week? Not close to being in the rankings, to being in the rankings this week when they beat a mediocre Stanford team. How did that happen? Oh, I know how it happened because they beat Stanford, another Pac-12 team that's nationally respected, fifty-two to seven. They made a statement. Devin Lloyd made the play of the week. On the road. They made a statement. Yeah. They beat Stanford 52-7 to in a Pac-12 game. And by the on way. On the road. By the way, if memory serves, I could be wrong, but if memory serves, UCLA lost to Stanford on the road. And I want to say Oregon lost to Stanford on the road as well. Yes. Right? So those losses are helping Utah. And that's why I'm saying when you look at this college football playoff ranking, to see Baylor one slot ahead of you is a real ball buster, right? To see that to see that you could probably, again, conjecture, opinion, based on what we've seen, my opinion is you probably, if you'd have handled your business against Boise, if you'd have put up 70 against Idaho State, you're probably 11th or 12th right now. If There's you'd have beat Boise, momentum. you'd be in the top 10 right now. If, if, I mean, if BYU had beaten Boise, they would be in the top 10 right now. Yeah. There's no doubt about it because what has the committee told us? Your head-to-head necessarily doesn't matter. Yeah, let's listen again. I mean, let's listen to what the guy said again because I, I I know we've played a couple times, but I think it's it's really important. Listen to what this guy says. Well, the, the arguments were going on in the room just like I'm listening to you guys go back and forth. A week ago, uh, it, was, it was discussed that Michigan might be the more complete team offensively, defensively, every statistic. Uh, Michigan's ahead of Michigan State. So right there, what did they just say? Last week, the committee was already considering that Michigan was probably the more complete team. That was last week. Yes. But the committee certainly uh, gave Michigan the nod. They were undefeated. They beat Michigan head-to-head. What's different a week later? Uh, Michigan won. Michigan State lost. Uh, the, the discussion in the room went back and forth, very similar to what you're doing now. But at the end of the day, uh, we felt as a committee that Michigan uh, was a better team and, and to be ranked ahead of Michigan State. So what is left to the imagination? Nothing. What is he telling you? Hey, we're sitting around doing what everybody else does. We're yeah. putting schedules on the TV. We're comparing head-to-head. And we're also taking into consideration how we felt about X team, whoever we're talking about, last week. So if we're looking at BYU, what do we know? Hey, last week you put up 59 on Idaho State. This week you're going to have a bye week. So we're not going to talk about you either way because you didn't play a football game. That's why it's so important for you to put up 70 so that those people don't forget 
what kind of team you are. And then after you come back from the bye week, you can put up another 60 or 70 spot and keep, you know, fortifying your all, position. All I can say is how many chances do you have to put up 60-plus points three week, three games in a row? Yeah, not as many chances as, uh, mean, you know, uh, any of the top-end teams do. I can tell you that. Because you don't have a big game left on your schedule. You don't. Like, it's unfortunate, but USC is in a very, very down cycle right now. But at least they're a nameplate, right? Yeah. At least, I mean, at least if you put up, you know, let's yeah. say that you put up 45 on USC. You're not putting up 70 on USC, obviously. But let's say that you were to put up 40 or 45 on USC, you know, that's, I mean, that's an accomplishment. That's that's a flex for sure. But I think the difference is, is that, like, against Virginia, you have this crazy-ass back-and-forth, high-scoring, just barn burner of a football game. So you're not going to get credit for dominating that game, even though you took control of it at the end. They're going to look and they're going to say, well, your defense did get slacked in that game, but you found a way to win the game. But that's why it's not just, oh, well, you know, 11, adi 11 additional points against some random team in Idaho State is going to hold BYU back. No, that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's right. When, when you say that and then you compare it to the, the, the bad, you know, Boise loss, you know, you compare it to other things that have gone on. Now you're starting to put together a complete picture that, hey, you know, yeah, this BYU team is good, but are they New Year Six good? Well, I don't know. But I can tell you this. If you're BYU, you better go ahead and rack it up against, uh, what, Georgia Southern or whatever it yeah. is. And then you better go and put up at least 35 on USC. I'd love to see him in the mid-40s, but you better be at least 35 in that game to have any shot. Yeah, I just don't understand – I don't understand how you can ever not do all you can do to be relevant. I mean, and, it's and just, what is what is BYU fans saying? I mean, what what I mean, what do you, what do you have well, to I'm say? Well, sure, I'm sure I'm sure that I'm an idiot, and you know, it's been amazing to me that BYU fan just doesn't care about a New Year's Six bowl. I mean, I'm I'm amazed by it. I was pretty surprised yesterday to see people were saying that that well, we're looking at next year. You oh, know, we got to play depth. You know, we got to play depth. We're looking to next year. I, I couldn't believe that. I mean, I, I really was surprised by that because, you know, you're, again, like I said yesterday on the show, we're what? I mean, hell, four years removed from having the conversation about, hey, we just got to get to six wins to be bowl eligible. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're really, I mean, if you put it into perspective, really not that far from those times. We're not. <laughs> like, yeah. And now all of a sudden we're talking about this team potentially getting into a new year six. And it's like that's just sort of a, you know, like a meaningless accomplishment. It's almost as if BYU fan is like, well, if it's not the college football playoff, I'm not here for it. And, and No, I think what it is, I think what it is is, well, we, we beat Utah. We got into the Big 12. We, we did what we needed to do. Hey, look, we're getting all these recruits. And I think a lot of it is BYU fan doesn't understand the what you get and what you gain by being in a New Year's Six Bowl. And I, I – I don't say that disparagingly. I think it's a, it's a fact is a fact. I think you don't know the millions of dollars that it's worth. You don't understand the recruiting leverage that it's worth. Mm -hmm. You don't understand the level of, of respect nationally that comes from competing in and winning a New Year's Six Bowl. And I, I think that you just you, – you, if you think that BYU's done all it could do to get into a New Year's Six Bowl, I think you're just not – you either don't want to know or you just don't know. Yeah. One of the two. I think you just don't know. Giggity, what's up, my man? First one in this morning. Shelter1988 says, hey, listening from the Philippines. Appreciate Welcome. all of our friends in the Philippines. We certainly have a – Jordan Clarkson had himself a nice night. Yes, he did. And we certainly have a lot of – you know, we appreciate Australia, New Zealand, the Philippines, 
We have a lot of Japanese listeners on this show. Didn't you, aren't you tell me the other day that we had like some, some listeners in like Germany or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Germany. Um, I mean, like that's the beauty of YouTube. It is, it is global. And when you SEO well on YouTube and you, you, you grow a global fan base and certainly, um, we've seen the growth on this show pick up substantially and we appreciate everybody, no matter where you're from. Uh, listening to the show. Thanks. Cody Strickland says, good morning, boys. Hope you guys had a blast on your boys trip. We really did. It was a lot of fun. We really did. I feel like physically I'm finally recovered from it. <laughs> like the yeah. snowboarding. And then w the, the mistake was playing two hours of basketball on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. That was a swooping. Uh, Greg Hawkins, another Philippines listener says, morning boys. Also listening from the Philippines. Sorry to steal the lead there, Greg. Um, Brylark says, good morning. Good to see you, sir. Um, Darren Black says the college football playoff brass usually don't put teams ahead of another team that's beaten them. As long as Baylor and BYU have the same record, Baylor will be ranked ahead of them. Then how like that? I just don't agree with that. I think you what we learned from what happened last night and all of the controversy in this week's rankings is they sit around a table and they fight with each other. They do what we do on this show every day. Yeah. And I mean. Gary Barta, again, the chair of the committee, the AD at Iowa, straight up said on ESPN last night, yeah, we did very much what you guys are doing right now. We sit around the table and we debate it. Well, the, the arguments were going on in the room, just like I'm listening to you guys go back and forth. A week ago, uh, it, was, it was discussed that Michigan might be the more complete team, offensively, defensively, every statistic, uh, Michigan's ahead of Michigan State, but the committee certainly uh, gave Michigan the nod. They were undefeated. They beat Michigan head-to-head. -head. What's different a week later? Uh, Michigan won. Michigan State lost. Uh, the, the discussion in the room went back and forth, very similar to what you're doing now, but at the end of the day, uh, we felt as a committee that Michigan uh, was a better team and, and to be ranked ahead of Michigan State. And Darren Black, I just I don't think that's an outlier. I really don't. I think when you, when you look at how this committee is put together and the, the nuts and bolts and the brains that are in the room, emotion – fandom, conference affiliation, um, you know, overall resume. I mean, that's another thing that Bart just said in a different part of that interview that mm -hmm. they, they, they had, a, they had Michigan state's resume on a TV. Mm -hmm. They had their schedule on a TV and they were pointing at the TV and arguing over it. Mm -hmm. Like how oh, you can't lose to Purdue. You judge, you can't lose to Purdue. You can't lose to Boise. Right? Like, so, no, what it is is, well, you know, they lost it. And this is the scenario I see playing out for BYU. Yeah. Well, you know, they lost back-to-back -to, -back to Boise and, and Baylor. But, you know, they put up 66 on Virginia. And, yeah, they put up 59 on uh, on Idaho State. You see how 59 just doesn't have the balls to it that, like, 65-70 does? Like, Because like you're not – like, if you can say, well, yeah, they lost to Boise and Baylor. But, look, then they bounce back. And they put up 60-plus points three straight weeks, and then they went to, to USC and won. Like, they deserve – they've earned they their way. And they have six P5 wins. Yeah, and, and they have six P5 wins. Paula, Paula Bovine on that, uh, you know, Bo Bovin, Boivin. Hello. I'm sorry if I'm killing her name. Um, a very well-respected journalism professor and journalist at, at Arizona State knows all too well just how good BYU is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'm telling you, it matters. It, it, it matters. Daryl says state, uh, lost to an unranked team. Michigan lost to a highly ranked team, but the team they lost to was Michigan state who then went on to hurt their, their strength of schedule by losing to Purdue. So 
you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, Hawkeye nation 19 says, have we figured out why Penn state isn't ranked? Cause they, they've lost Penn state. Doesn't it, it, I mean, maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I I'm wrong, but I've watched a lot of Penn state football. I think Penn state doesn't deserve to be, to be there. I mean, if you look up and down, you know, the rankings, like who are you going to put, you know, you look at UTSA, you know, where's UTSA this week? 24th, I think. 23rd in the college football playoff. Yeah. But like Penn state is 23rd in the AP poll. I don't think they like, I think Arkansas has got a better story. I think when you look at, you look at Penn state's run here, Penn state has has not played well recently. They've lost three of their last four, and their losses were to Iowa, Illinois, and Ohio State. So you're, you're not only losing to two of the three best teams in the Big Ten, but you're losing to one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. And when you look at their wins, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's a nice win at Camp Randall, uh, but Ball State, Auburn is not having your typical Auburn year. I mean, like, villain, like, what are we talking about? Like, they just have not, they have not played well. And there's, there's no question as to why Penn State's not ranked. They're not very good, frankly. So I don't have any problem with that. Um, Daryl said, whoa, hey, no. Daryl says, BYU can move up, not up, not playing next week if Baylor loses to Oklahoma. Sure they can. Will they though? Because they're not going to have any momentum. And this is where you worried about, you know, stagnating and other teams passing you, right? And this is why, hey, 59 instead of 69 points makes a big difference. So everybody mocking me saying, oh, 11 points. Well, you know, when your resume building 11 points is is far more than 11 points. It is very significant. Yeah. Very significant. Um, Dax Johnson says, I guess some BYU fans don't want uh, exposure, money, and prestige that comes with a New Year's Six. They just want to make sure they don't hurt Idaho State's feelings. Yeah. And that's the thing I don't understand. I So many people hit me on Twitter yesterday and said sportsmanship matters. Well, what's more important? Being a sporting you know, football team that, well, we're going to not, you know, we don't want to embarrass Idaho State. Or the millions of dollars in the national recognition that comes with playing in a, in a New Year's Six Bowl. As an independent playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, right? I Like, two years from now, this isn't even going to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right now, you have a chance to do something not many teams have ever done. It, it I, yep. anyway. Yep. Anyway, uh, Dax Johnson says, anyway, I'm all worked up now and want some smoke, want to smoke some meat. Hey, pull out the ribs. Let's do Let's it. Let's do man. it. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, Brandon Whiteside says they had their top two QBs hurt in those losses. How many other teams could absorb losing their top two QBs? Who are you talking about? You you talking about BYU? Jaron played. Jaron played. I don't. What what do you mean? About Jaron Hall played. He he shouldn't have played against Boise State. I mean, again, I'll just go back to what I've said that entire time. Jaron Hall shouldn't have been on the field. Facts. I mean, the guy had a shoulder issue and a rib issue, and he refused to run the football. Against Boise State. So, Baylor. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else you can do. Well, he had that nice run against Baylor, One the 56-yard run. run. One run. But, you know, I, I just – I think it is one of those things that 
really stands out to you where you can't you can't go back and rewrite history you only have one chance man you know like it just is it's one of those things where you have to find a way to handle your business in the moment and it, and I just don't you know I I just don't know how you I don't know how you you go back and take another chance at history like you can't do it I, I, I hope BYU fans understand how special the moment is. I mean, to to be where you are now is not an accident. You put in an awful lot of hard work. And to just write that off as, well, good enough is shocking to me. I'm probably overly competitive. Um, you know, I, I like to win every game that I play in. I like to... I don't like finishing second to anything in any sport at all, ever. I hate losing a pickup basketball. I hate it. You know, like it just, to me, you're in a position where you have a chance to to have everything you've always said that's been taken from you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all those years of being a victim, all those years of playing the victim card, all those years of saying we don't have a seat at the table and nobody respects BYU and it's because we're Mormons and it's because the honor code and because Sunday play and because, 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 all that goes away. Oh, but now we need to be nice guys. Stupid. Like, come on. What are, what are we talking about? Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, hey, you're not reading my comments on purpose? I, I, what are you talking about? Again, playing the victim card, apparently. James Knight says, shout out to Mo Bamba. Yeah, dude. Come on, bro. Mo Bamba. Yeah, come on. Come on, I'm trying to get on. Where, come on, man. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Yeah, shout out to Mo Bamba. Shout out to Mo Bamba. <laughs> Good to see you, James. Um, Dax Johnson says facts. Look, the way I'll I'll wrap up this college football playoff con- conversation is the system's flawed. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. I certainly don't think Michigan State disagrees with that. But I think you have everything to play for. If you are if you are Utah, you have just this incredible opportunity. If Utah goes through everything that the Utes have been through this year. You know, I mean, you, you, the tragic loss of two players, all of this conjecture and opinion about, you know, is Kyle Whittingham retiring, you know, like just all of this craziness, the quitter kid at QB, the early season losses to now be in a position where you're 24th and you're likely going to play in the Rose Bowl. It, it's unbelievable. It is the stuff of dreams. I think if you say to any Utah fan in July, hey, you guys are going to be fine. You're going to play in the Rose Bowl this year. You'd absolutely take that. Thanks. You're going to play for a chance to win a conference championship. You would take that. You have. And this is what I'm so just fascinated about when it comes to BYU in this perspective. How many years have you been waiting to be in a better position than Utah? And here you are and you don't seem to care. And that's the thing I just don't understand. I don't understand. You've almost had the perfect season at BYU. Like even like the built bar, you know, you know, NIL like income system pipeline stuff, Mm -hmm. the recruiting stuff, the 
Like you're killing Utah on, you know, name image likeness revenue. You are killing Utah recruiting. And you don't seem to care that you have a chance to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. And how are you going to feel if you don't get that bowl berth and you finish 13th in the rankings? You're 14th. You're 14th. You All you need is three, four spots. You're 14th. Are you serious right now? Like, I yeah, anyway. Anyway. Uh, Joel Alonzo says, miss you guys in Phoenix. Hey, Joel, good to see you, man. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Cam Harrison says, BYU playing at a P5 level. Can they do better? Absolutely. Good morning, guys. I need strawberry Pop-Tarts, LOL. You need strawberry Pop-Tarts for sure. Thanks. I think strawberry Pop-Tarts are underrated. Well, you're a Pop-Tart guy, though. I am a, well, not for a long time now. I actually have guilt we didn't work out yesterday. Like, we weren't able to work out in the afternoon yesterday. And then we're going to work out after work, but Jake came over and he was curled up on the floor over here in a fetal position. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. So so we didn't wind up working out. We went to Cafe Rio and had chicken, lettuce, pico tacos. Fat! Um, But I'm proud of you. Hey! Hey, our boy's grown up, by the way. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. Yeah, our boy's grown up. He's gone through puberty again. I want to congratulate you. Okay, here we go. Jake didn't have a chicken burrito at Cafe Rio last Makes night. Makes me want to puke. You had a pork burrito last Where night. Where are we at in society today? Yeah, now, I don't know. now I don't look, know. it was still a burrito, so maybe only one testicle dropped. But you had a pork burrito instead of a chicken burrito, man. I am so proud of you. Yeah, I mean, wow, just a just a crowning achievement in my life. Um, it, you know. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is uh, like, it, there's a little more hair on your, your chest. You're no, you, expecting this one. Yeah. You're a monkey. There's no chance Thanks. that you're, you have any more hair than you could possibly already Thanks. have. Yeah. You're, uh-huh. you're ape. Right. Um, uh-huh. but I mean, you still don't drink your protein shake. Yeah. I've been immunized, you know, exactly. <laughs> but our boy went away from a chicken burrito last night. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I just felt like, you know, I wanted that barbacoa pork and, uh, you know, it was good. You I, know, it was it was good. I mean, I don't know. What else do you say? You know, it was good. Uh, y- yeah. Um, you know, Bri- Yeah. Brylark says, feel free to hate me, but cherry pop tarts are underrated. Oh, my God. Cherry anything's underrated. Costco sells a black cherry jam that is, I mean, dude, it might as well be a flashlight. Like, I mean, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> I want it. Wow. Way too much. Wow. Uh, but that cherry jam at, at Costco, dude, I'm on that. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, even black cherry uh, amino energy, amazing. I love cherry. Black cherry, cherry, anything. I'm all here for that. Ramiro says cherry anything is bomb ass. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, You want to go Aaron Rodgers or the Utah Jazz? Mm, let's go Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So Aaron Rodgers subscribed to this channel so he has a chance to win this Xbox Series S. All you have to do is subscribe and then take a picture that you're subscribed and tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. The Monty Show, that's me. Uh, I, me, hey, how are you there? The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, or SLC Pork Burrito Supercars. Mm -hmm. Uh, SLC Supercars is Jake right there. Yeah, it was a good burrito. I mean, it was. 
I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. I actually paid for your dinner because you didn't get chicken. <laughs> yeah, and then the kid. <laughs> so you go to pay for the dinner. I'm like, all right, well, let's get some chips since he's paying. And the kid's like all confused. He's like, do you actually want chips? You guys really want chips? Do you, do you really want chips? Yeah. No, douche. I'm just asking for chips for no reason. Yes, you, I want chips. So I'm the guy that likes to get weird in public. And so we're walking out and these two kids walked in. And I was like, Jake, I'm proud of you. It's like you went through puberty all over again. And you're like, stop. And just <laughs> it's terrible, out. dude. It's terrible, bro. That's not what we're about. Yeah, yes, it like, is. Come on, dude. Yes, it like, is. Talking you- about like in the bathroom in a, in a busy truck stop, Flying J the other day, <laughs> going to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, my God. And just kind of scruff it and play with oh, it when it's wet. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> And I, I'll like say to Jake, man, do you think they're going to make me uh, pay for this urinal? Because I'm pissing through the back of it right now. Thanks. <laughs> and Jake's like, stop, please. Please stop it. Don't. Yeah, next question. <laughs> you get so upset about it. Uh, Cam Harrison says, Black Cherry Monster was the best. They don't make it anymore. No, I know they don't. Um, Fat Jesus says, I can never eat jam again. Probably shouldn't. Um what? If you're getting steak burritos at Coast uh, Costa Rio Cafe Vita, <laughs> uh, well done. Uh, feel free to drive your way out of town. He he was getting pork. I'm I'm not a steak burrito guy. You're, I, you're a Cafe Rio guy. Right I there. am a Cafe Rio guy because I don't like the poison that Chipotle serves. The you. poison. So I am all about like pork or chicken. I'm not you know I like that white meat. Wow. Anyway, all right, let's wow. talk. Um, let's talk Aaron Rodgers and ivermectin. Why is he still talking? First of all, first of all, the NFL fined the Green Bay Packers $300,000 and they fined Aaron Rodgers and another teammate $14,650. I really don't care if you think it's us. I mean, I genuinely think Aaron Rodgers spends $14,000 on hair grease every day. I mean, that's, what is that, five, ten bucks to him? Yeah. $300,000 to a billion-dollar organization? I mean, they got a free pass. Aaron Rodgers, for those of you who don't know, got COVID, because you must know he had COVID, right? Got COVID, missed a game, and they think he got COVID at a Halloween party. Yeah, I've been immunized. And he's unvaccinated. So as an unvaccinated player in the NFL, you are not allowed to meet in large groups of more than three. Unless you're at the team facility. Unless you're vaccinated. And he's not vaccinated. He went to a Halloween party. And it looks like he got COVID at the Halloween party. And that's how he got outed as a liar. And then he went on the Pat McAfee show last week and talked about how he did not consult team physicians or his personal doctor. He went to Joe Rogan for medical advice. And then he went back on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and said this. So I just want to start off the show by acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. You don't say. Wait a minute. Hang on. I'm sorry. I thought you said might have felt were misleading. You don't say. Acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. And, right. uh, you know, to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. Do you, though? And no. I'm excited about feeling better. I'm Are excited you? about moving forward and hopefully getting back with my team and getting back to doing what I do best, and that's playing ball. It's been tough to be away from it. Oh, um, no. I've been, 
you know, obviously dealing with uh, the COVID, and I feel oh, like I'm, uh, the I'm on, on the other side of it, thankfully, and thankful uh, to still be able to uh, have something to look forward to this weekend, hopefully. Well, let me just recap that for you. Here's what Aaron Rodgers said. Yeah, I've been immunized. <clears throat> I lied. It made people feel uncomfortable, but fuck off, because I don't care if you felt uncomfortable, because I'm just going to go ahead and go back and play football. Yeah, I've been immunized. All right, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks, uh, Packer Sheep. Just keep buying your tickets, and uh, don't forget when you go by the team store, those good old number 12 jerseys are uh, right there up front. You know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. Misleading. you Because uh, you, you lied. is you know. Yeah, I've been immunized. <laughs> Bro, what the are guy, you talking about? The guy straight up asked him, hey, uh, have you been vaccinated? And what are your feelings on it? Yeah, yeah I've been immunized. I've been immunized. So you lied. Mis misleading? Anyway. You know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. What? <laughs> Aaron, dude, he got a free pass from the NFL. I mean, I guess. Can we just talk about the disaster that has been the NFL? Yeah. For the last, it's embarrassing. For the last couple of weeks, I would just like to point out, and I, I do not joke at all. Oh, in the YouTube comments, in the Twitter comments, in the Twitter DM. Oh boy, is vanishing mode on? Jock, J O C K, <laughs> says your petty little show doesn't understand that COVID doesn't scare everybody. Aaron Rodgers is an actual man, unlike you, bitch. Okay, well, thanks for that. Yeah, I really appreciate you watching the show, man. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, like, I think that's so funny. Yeah. People get, why do we take sports so personally? Like, why do we personally attack people? I Like, I, I... Why is it a badge of honor to not get vaccinated? That's what I want to know. Why is it well, a badge of honor? As Aaron Rodgers so succinctly said, it's the COVID. Yeah, I've been immunized. From the COVID. Um, but the NFL is a disaster right now. It's a joke. Do you not understand, like, the whole John Gruden thing where he made racist comments about NFLPA executive director DeMora Smith's lips? And sent photos and got fired. And then you have Henry Ruggs, the now former Oakland Las Vegas Raider wide receiver, driving his Corvette at 154 miles an hour while under the influence and making contact with a young woman in a RAV4 at 126 miles an hour. And the woman and her dog are dead. Henry Ruggs is in jail. And now you have this Dalvin Cook situation that came up yesterday. Did anybody see this story? Dalvin Cook has been the victim of a conspiracy. And, you know, I, I, they're describing it as a home invasion where a female sergeant from the military, the United States military, uh, broke into his house and maced him and a friend and uh, then, you know, like physically assaulted them. Or at least that's a story that Dalvin Cook's side is telling 
Well, an ex-girlfriend of Dalvin Cook's released uh, text messages, including pictures last night, where Dalvin Cook pretty much admits that he beat this woman. And she says to him, you know, hey, I have bruises on my face. And he's like, well, hey, won't you come back to me, babe? Like, the NFL's a wreck. And then there's absolute favoritism going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. The NFL knew he was unvaccinated. The Packers knew he were, was unvaccinated. Did anybody force him to wear a mask in public settings, which is in the NFL PA agreed to COVID protocols? You're Aaron fucking Rodgers. But I guess you don't have to wear a mask because you don't agree with the policy. The yeah, NFL, I'm The NFL is a disaster. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. It's a disaster. And I don't know how you fix it. I don't know. how. Like, violence against women in the NFL is a decades-old problem that we know about. Mm -hmm. And then you hire Urban Meyer to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Disaster. Like, your best, most popular players are having terrible seasons. I, 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 the NFL's a wreck, man, and you can't tell me that none of this matters. You can't tell me none of this matters. You know, like, I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I think that, you know, COVID-19 has, has changed things forever. And I think that, you know, whether we're talking Aaron Rodgers or NFL athletes beating women, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, which is to say that, that the NFL had a couple years there where there were no domestic violence cases and everything was fine. And now we're just right back to it. And I think that, you know, I'll say again now what I said five years ago when the Zeke thing was happening. Um, I just think that the NFL has a responsibility and they never seem to live up to it. And Roger Goodell always wants to play from behind, which is to say he never wants to be proactive about taking care of things. No. And I think that, you know, I, I guess I understand the stance of, hey, we can't do anything until we have, you know, until the legal process is played out. And like, like the Deshaun Watson thing is another perfect example. You know, like you, you, you have a situation where there there is no tangible suit against Buddy and he's losing millions of dollars in an entire season to this and he's not going to be traded. And there's it's just it's just crazy, dude. And I don't know if you're an NFL player. I don't know how you you risk anything anymore. You you got to stay out of trouble and just be a football player for ten years. So it turns out this Packer fan lives here in Utah, mm -hmm. and he's cursing me out. And he's like, "You're just anti BYU because you don't like our church." So your church. How does so that wait, make any sense? So wait, we're anti BYU. Okay. And then your church. So wait, where in the church doctrine does it say to curse people out and call them names? Because they disagree with you. <laughs> wow. And then he's like, I bet you're going to block me. Uh, hey, man, I don't block people. Ever. God bless. Yeah. Knock yourself out. You want? I mean, you listen, want... dude, you can you can curse and, and do everything <clears throat> you want. That's fine. We're not going to block you. It just shows it just shows us and everybody else but why are you and the other thing is why are you doing it in vanishing mode why aren't you just tweeting that at me or you know yeah, be accountable publicly oh can't do that can we
Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't live up to the to the morals so of your funny. of your air quotes church. Do you block people? I don't no. block anybody. No, but you know what it is. I used to block people like a long time ago when I first got on Twitter. But now it's just like, dude, if if you people are gonna get on Twitter and do whatever they want to do, and at the end of the day, <laughs> you can you can curse and and you know think that that's somehow like a you know a power position for you or something. But at the end of the day, here's the facts of the case. You're here watching the show. And you're interacting with us, which is exactly what our job is to do. So at the end of the day, please curse me out more because yeah, that I, just I, helps us. Like, it's cool, I don't man. know you. So if you think you're hurting my feelings or I'm taking that personally, you're completely wrong. <laughs> that, like, it, I just don't. Man, I've been doing this for 30 years. If you think I, I'm going to take anything personal, you're crazy. I just don't. That's why, like, Jeremy Bolton or whoever said we weren't reading their comments, you're crazy. Like, and, it's, it, it, do the math. It doesn't add up. Uh, Giggity says the Packers will just sell more stock. Whoa. Uh, the Packers will just sell some more stock to their fans to raise the 300K. Seriously. Jason Pede says uh, chump change. Find that prima donna 250K. He's the biggest douche to ever douche in the NFL. And that says a lot. Such an entitled prick. He also says responsibility, LOL. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton. Wait, am I supposed to? Are we still not reading Jeremy Bolton's What does Jeremy have to say today? I'm sure it'll be something about Alex Caruso or Jaron Hall. I'm sure, uh, yeah. He was answering Conver. yes to the question, are you vaccinated? Misleading fans, go away, Rogers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been immunized. Brylark says it was 156, not 154. Stop taking his stats away, Monty. <laughs> He's driving a C8 Corvette at 156 miles an hour. Not good. After you've been drinking. By the way, kudos to Chevrolet. That car is strong as hell. <laughs> that car, yeah. that how car is, lift weights. Like, how is Henry Ruggs not dead? And how is his girlfriend not dead? That's a, no, I mean, your life's over. You're going to prison. But how, are, you bitch? how are you not dead? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you are right. We should have done, uh, done a 70 on them. We need to play big time football. Big 12 is a big time act. Play like it, says Kane Newer. And I agree. Thanks. Uh, Giggity says, how does CD lamb get fined 20 K for untucked Jersey, but Rogers. Yeah. How about that? G great point. Giggity <laughs> CD lamb, the wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys got a $20,000 uh. fine because his Jersey was untucked. Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard who broke COVID protocols, both tested positive. Got a $14,650 fine. You know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. Yeah, and you put other people's lives in jeopardy, but whatever. It's fitting that you were dressed up as John Wick. Yeah, I whatever. Uh, Brylark says, these are the things that happen when you give early 20-somethings a boatload of money, fame, and no consequences. See, Ding. I 100% agree Ding. with that. Ding. 100%, dude. Brylark is on fire today. Um. Let's see. Uh, Larry Pilgrim says, are you a vaccination Nazi? A shamer? No. Stop attacking people who don't want to take the gene therapy vaccine. Hey, bro. The gene therapy. <laughs> nobody is saying that Aaron Rodgers, it's, nobody's attacking Aaron Rodgers for being unvaccinated. Nazis. Yeah, we're not Nazis. <laughs> nobody's attacking Aaron Rodgers for being unvaccinated. Larry. Dude said gene therapy. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is in the in the crosshairs because he lied about it. Yeah, I've been immunized. He was directly asked, "Hey, Aaron, are you vaccinated? And what are your thoughts on it?" Yeah, I've been immunized. Hmm. Yeah, 
I've been immunized. He lied. He lied. That's why he's People getting... aren't pissed that he didn't take the vaccine. Nobody gives a damn if he took the vaccine or not. They're upset that they he lied to them. Have you ever watched a BYU game? No, never. We don't watch BYU no, games. No, we don't. No. Uh, Fat Jesus says, Jake only C block people. Only C's, C blocks people. Jake only C blocks people. I think he means cock blocks people. Oh, got it. Got it. Truth. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says, does Monty and Jake even listen to the Monty podcast? I love their takes. I don't think they hate on BYU. Yeah, I, we don't hate on BYU. No. Um, nope. Eric C says kind of feels like the Jets will be better off next year drafting Jaron Hall instead of sticking with Wilson. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Uh, Brylark says Jake pointing out that the rugs incident was the best advertisement for the Corvette. Maybe <laughs> Is it not? Is it not? I mean, I ain't saying you wrong, but I'm also ain't saying you should be saying. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. You're saying the stuff. Ah, facts. Look, man, there's a girl and her dog that are dead. Well, Toyota but that frame that from <laughs> from Chevy. What is wrong with you? By the way, have you taken your steroids? There's another you guys take steroids thing. Okay. No, we don't take steroids. I really don't care if you think it's us. It's ghost peanut butter cereal milk protein and and I can't think of the word. Oh my god. Creatine. Creatine. Yeah, I've been immunized. <laughs> exactly right. All right, real quick on the jazz. Um how about the jazz uh, doing the job last night? Yeah. This was the game the Utah Jazz needed. Mm -hmm. Like if we're if we're talking about it, it, you know, if we're talking about the Utah Jazz and you know, the, the getting that swag back, getting that good feeling back. I mean, now, let's be honest. Royce O'Neal should not be staring at his hand running down the court. <laughs> Royce, stop. Um, but 110-98 to 98 over the Atlanta Hawks is a good win. Comfortable win. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you absolutely dominated long stretches of that game. Um, now, I wish that. You know, like Herder hadn't had 28 and Trey hadn't had 27, but you still won the game by 12 points. And it's because Donovan Mitchell really was very confident attacking the basket. Although you said something that I now agree with. He, there's some, occasionally he looks a little off physically. Yeah, it's not that he looks like he's got a major injury or, you know, like he's, you know, dealing with something. There are just times where I watch him run up and down the floor and I'm like, he just looks like he's, I don't know. Like, like I don't feel like gimpy's the right word, but he's just kind of, he's not as fluid yeah, as, he, as like we're used he just, to seeing him. He just kind of looks a bit stiff almost like it's, it's just interesting. And then he goes and breaks someone off and you're like, he's fine. And it's just kind of this, I don't know. It's just an observation I had. I'm not saying he's playing hurt or, anything's wrong it just I was like does he not look like a little yeah. stiff like does he not look like like he's a bit hesitant or something but by the way his handle has gotten better yeah I mean listen last night I think you know his ability to control a game was on full display I mean you're talking about Donovan being basically this cool calm collected killer on the floor I mean choosing his spots getting getting to getting to high percentage looks and, and I really like to be honest with you I really like the fact that he's working the mid-range more, and, and this is something that we talked about quite a bit, um, you know, at the end of last season, and it's been something that we've been looking for to start this season, which is 
not to be so reliant in his individual game on the three. Yes, do you want him taking five to seven threes a game? Absolutely. You want him to. He'll make those. But I also want to see him, you know, breaking dudes off on that, on that, you know, under drag between his legs at the elbow. That was beautiful. I was like, yeah, I was like, God damn, like it's about time. I've been waiting for this. Yeah. You know, and, and so what does that do? It gets the crowd into it. You can feel the momentum. But again, I also want to point out, if you look at this box score, what do we have from Rudy Gobert? And it's not a criticism, but I want to keep pointing out this trend because I don't think people buy into this, but I'm going to keep pointing it out. Last night, if you look at the box score, Rudy didn't have the 20 and 17 game that, that we're accustomed to, right? What, what's he got? You have the box score there. What was it like? I think it was like 9 and 9 12. and 14. 9 and 14. Big, well, and this is something to talk about with Rudy Gobert as well. Like this thing with the officials is getting real now. Because he complains on every call. Like that foul on Clint Capella early in the game. I mean, he slaps Clint Capella on the forearm when Clint's going up for a layup. The foul's called, and he goes and vehemently argues with the official. Mm-hmm. And he Rudy is doing that more and more and more and more and more. And we're seeing now more technical fouls. And we're seeing now Quinn getting a technical foul. And you're actually seeing... Donovan Mitchell walking up to Rudy Gobert again saying, hey, man, let it go. Let it go. We're good. Let it, Like saying to him, let it go. We're good. And then doing the Donovan Mitchell eye roll, which he does. Rudy's got to get a handle on his relationship with the officials. And I understand there are times where it gets frustrating. But, I mean, very clearly there were calls that were not called last night both ways mm-hmm. officiating in the nba is not great well and you were dominating the game i mean i mean obviously it was close at one point but it, you were largely in control most of this game well and he took himself out of the game by doing that yeah and, i mean and that's why i say like i i think that you know the the whole thing about officiating for the jazz i think is getting better but i do agree that the rudy situation he he has to get a grip on that i mean i, I understand yeah. that that he, I'm guessing, probably thinks that he's, like, one of the best players in the league and everything, and I get that, and I would I expect him to think that, but you can't have unrealistic expectations about how the officials are going to call the game. I mean, you're you're big. They they are more lenient physically when bigs are, you know, banging banging each other in the paint. Like, we know that about officials. So I just don't think that, that it, it's productive to continue to do that. By the way, am I the only one now that, like, I feel like I'm really concerned about Joe Ingles? I don't know if there's an injury that we don't know about. Um, I don't know. Joe Ingles is not himself. This is, the, this is to me, this looks more than he's gassed. Like, I mean, last night he's playing 21 minutes. He takes three shots and scores two points. That's just not who this guy is. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with Joe Ingles. I'm not the guy like last night on Twitter. Somebody said that, you know, he's trash. Joe Ingles is not trash. No, there's something wrong. And you just, you worry about that a little bit with all the basketball he's played. And with the heavy load, you know, last year, the Olympics, like you just worry about where Joe Ingles has gone and where his game has gone. Right. Like you can explain away Jordan Clarkson. You know, he's just a guy that three is going to go down. I, I don't think there's anybody who thinks Jordan Clarkson's not going to consistently hit threes again. You can explain Rudy's foul trouble, whatever. I don't have an explanation for how Joe Ingles is playing right now. And I'm sure, James Knight, you're going to freak out on us. And it, listen, I'm not saying that Joe's a bad player. I'm telling you, I think there's something wrong with Joe Ingles. I don't know what that is. 
if that's an injury or he's a very low maintenance dude, my guess is he's just tired. I mean, he, again, not to be redundant, I know I just said this, but when you go through the NBA season where you played a ton of minutes, you were on the ball a lot, like then you go through the playoffs, then you go through the Olympics, a short summer. Joe Ingles may just be out of gas. I mean, there, there's a. There, am yeah. I am I making too I much of that? I don't think you're making too much of it. I just think that, you know, I, I I don't know. It's hard for us to really say definitively what's going on. I mean, we're early in the season. I don't think he has an injury, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that could be the case. I mean, I, I think the the rigor of the NBA schedule is is very high. I yeah. mean, you know, it's it is a very physical league. I mean, you're talking about the best athletes in the world, and most of those guys are ten years younger than than you are. Yes. You know, yeah. so so again, it, it's not to say that Joe sucks or he's a bad player or anything like that, but I think you have to be realistic. That's a lot of miles. The body is not everlasting. I mean, you can push through things for sure, and I'm sure he's going to do that. But I just Father think time that is undefeated, man. yeah, man. Like I think as much as we talk about load managing Conley, we see what that's doing for him, right? As much as the team is dealing with that, I think you know maybe some load managing of Joe might be in order. Well, and just looking around the league, you see a lot of guys taking nights off. You know, like I mean, the lo- the way that LeBron's being handled by the Lakers, I think is exactly right. Um, if I look around and look at the standings, I mean. You're seeing a lot of teams now that are at the top of the standings, like the Miami Heat, like the Bulls, were not a playoff team last year. Washington did not have a playoff run last year. You know, I look at um, Golden State. Golden State didn't have a playoff run last year. They're 9-1, and one, right? Like, I look at, you know, teams like Dallas. Phoenix is finally figuring it out a little bit at 6-3 and three, um, because they're load-managing guys. You look at teams like Memphis, who's off to a pretty good start. They're a young team that got knocked out in the first round last year. So you would expect them to play better basketball this year because they're growing and learning from that. But if you look at teams at the bottom of the the standings, like the Atlanta Hawks were a playoff juggernaut last year, right? They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Um, You you look at, um, you know, teams like Boston floundering at four and six. Um, You know, I I just think – Milwaukee's a great example. Mm -hmm. Milwaukee's battling injuries and load managing guys like crazy. And it's because they went to the NBA finals and some of them played in the Olympics. And you just, you can't go on forever. No, you deal with things. Who's the best team you've seen in the NBA so far? I mean, I I, I can't, I can't, I mean, I guess the dubs, the warriors, I guess, but I don't, I I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I don't think that there's like a complete, total domination team right now I think you know Giannis obviously takes the Bucks to a really high level and I think he's incredibly difficult to stop this year now that he has this jumper but I, I I'm not ready to sit here and say that the Bucks are the best team in the league I, I, I think I think the way this is going to play out is the first half of the season is just going to be all about load management and making sure that players are rested and yeah. in a good place for the second half and I think once the second half begins you're really going to start to see teams go Night in and night out, same guys, no more load management, got to compete for seating and home court advantage in the playoffs and yeah. doing what you what you can do. And, and that and that to me is a, is a big time question for the Jazz. Like when you combine what what they could potentially get done at the trade deadline with, you know, how hard can you push Mike Conley in the second half to go ahead and get, you know, a, a top ideally a top three seed. You know, those questions are important. How are you going to handle all that? I mean, I, I think one of the real interesting factors right now in, base, in basketball, rather, hello, 
Hello. I think one of the interesting trends in the NBA right now, how about that, is that there's just a real lack of defense being played. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at the, the Golden State Warriors are the best defensive team in the NBA right now. And I think you're seeing that because they're tenacious on defense. They're experienced on defense. But if you look up and down the standings, like the Dallas Mavericks are not a good defensive team. The Suns are giving up 110 points a game. Yeah, that's rough. And that was one of the, the best defensive teams in the league last year. How the Lakers are giving up 112 points a game. And that was the best defensive team in the NBA last year. Mm -hmm. You know, you turn around then and look in the East. I mean, you look at teams like Miami. I mean, the Bulls again. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, I would say, but Milwaukee's given up 109 points a game. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, I think the first half of the year is is going to – we're playing two seasons here. Like, I hope everyone understands that. The first half of the year is about load management and getting as many wins as you can um, while you're resting people. And 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 that's what I think every NBA team, every NBA team is out here doing. And I yeah. think that, you know – if you look at the Brooklyn Nets, let's say, like the first half of their year isn't going to be as much about load management because you've got guys like James Harden who missed a ton of games last year. Well, and you're trying to figure out how to play without Kyrie now. I mean, yeah, so because like, that's a terrible defensive team. Yeah, so like you I have mean, things you're working on, but like I don't know. I just think that if you're watching the NBA and you're an avid person watching the game, just pay attention to how much resting is going on and how guys are not coming back typically when they would in the game. They're coming back five, six, seven, eight well, minutes later. And Brooklyn's an interesting landing spot for Jalen Brown, too, by the way. Yeah. There are some people who think they'll, he'll, he could end up there in a three-team deal. I mean, I guess ultimately this comes down to what do you do with, with Kyrie Irving? What does Kyrie Irving do with Kyrie Irving? Is he tradable right now? Knowing he's an unvaccinated player, he can't play in California. Yeah. I mean, is, is Kyrie Irving tradable right now? You know, part of me feels like he's not. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I, I – I think the trade deadline is going to define this season. We could have January and February could be two of the most active trade months in the history of the NBA. Yeah. And you have a lot of guys who signed late extensions. Um, you know, and don't forget guys that were signed on bird rights can't be traded um, until I think it's March, which is beyond the trade deadline. Like there's just all of these interesting scenarios um, that are going to play out. And, and, you know, I mean, teams are going to change. Zion Williamson hasn't bounced a ball this year. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I, there's just so much change that's happening. Brylark says, um, I couldn't watch the game, but how did the Jazz only score seven points in the last seven minutes of play? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't even tell you that. I, I don't know. Is that what happened? You know, watching, frankly, watching that game and then watching the way it ended. Um, you know, I mean, I, obviously the Jazz, it, that fourth quarter was ugly. They kind of, everybody kind of coasted through that quarter. Yeah. The Hawks um, retired. The, the Jazz had control of the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, I mean, you emptied the bench. This, this, by the way, the other thing on the Jazz, real quick, I want to talk about. Am I the only one that's shocked here? Butler's just not playing. Yeah, he's getting sent down and brought back up, and he's on the carousel, and I don't get it. I, I don't understand why why you're not playing the guy. Why are you not playing Jared Butler when Mike Conley's not playing? Like, last night, Mike Conley plays, so that would be a night where Jared Butler's, you would figure, is not going to play so you much. can't find 10 minutes for him? I guess not. I don't know. I would think you would be able to. What yeah. is what it, 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 it? The thing I don't understand is you can't tell me he's like on the naughty list or something. Like I, 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 I yeah, I don't know. All right, let's get some comments before we talk about my house falling apart. Um, wow, comment dump. Appreciate you guys. Is Donovan load managing himself? I don't know that that exists with Donovan Mitchell. I think you're going to have to save Donovan from himself. Yeah, honestly, trade Joe and get uh, Brown. Neville ninety three says that. 
Jalen Brown's not a guy you want on this team. I think you're, you can't trade for a guy that's always hurt. And Jalen Brown's always hurt. Um, Cody Strickland says, I'm kind of glad they passed the ball more wide open to a wide open Rudy. They need to take more advantage of him being unguarded or wrong matchups. Donovan Mitchell doesn't like throwing him the ball. And I think a lot of it is, is it's what you see with like Clint Capella. Clint Capella can dribble the basketball. The issue is that Rudy Gobert cannot dribble the ball and finish at the rim. Those two things do not it's, – it's Boyan Bogdanovich. When Boyan Bogdanovich tries to dribble the ball through the paint, what happens? It's a turnover. Every time you give the ball to Rudy at the elbow, he's just going to pass it and set a pick, or he's going to turn it over off the dribble. So I understand why Donovan's hesitant. I think they just, in some instances, I would agree, you just need to throw the guy the ball. You just, he just, you just give him the ball and see what happens. He can only get better, yeah. for sure. James Knight says, Joe is not himself, guys. I just hope he doesn't have a personal problem or maybe he needs a substantial rest. Yeah, that, and that's what we're saying. Like, yeah. It's not that he's a bad player. I, there's just something going on there. It's very clear. Yeah, Jordan McDonald, I agree. Joe looks gassed, pissed that Butler is in Quinn's doghouse. I, which I don't get. How can you already like, be in his like, – like, I don't know what that – Jared, I, I, I mean, unless it happened privately and it's not gotten out, I mean, that I, that's a very real possibility. Um, I don't know how he's in his doghouse. Yeah. I don't get it. But you're right, Jordan. You're not, it, certainly. He also says, love it when goes to his mid-range. When Donovan goes to his mid-range, opens up the rest of his game. Yes. Agreed. Rudy needs to play on. It gets embarrassing. He does. Uh, yeah, Rudy needs to watch it, Jason Pede says. He has been trending towards the Alonzo morning end of the crybaby spectrum. <laughs> that is saying something. Um, Cody Strickland says, I see Joe's age in effect. Love him, but after his contract, he'll retire. He Hopefully in a jazz uniform. I miss Joe being a new new caster for us. Yeah. Okay. James Knight says, guys, don't underestimate how heavily invested Joe was to the Australian national team. It's way more consuming than the U.S. players are. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, Snuka says, let's go. Howdy, y'all. What's up, Snuka? Good to see you. Brian Clegg says, might as well be a flashlight. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Neville93 says, Jared Butler got sent to the G League. I, well, and then he, played, he got brought back. He got, well, they do this all the time. Yeah. He I played hate. a minute last night. But they're, I don't understand. Like, is it practice time? Is yes. it? They sent him down for practice, and they brought him back up. I mean, yeah, I guess. Brian Clegg says pork burrito. Exactly right. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, yeah, I think we're fine. I, I was just reading your tweets from last night at Tanner Plummer. Yeah, you know. I think BYU – are you talking about BYU basketball? I think they're fine. Zion may not have bounced a ball, but he's killing the Harden diet. Yeah, he is. He looks huge, <laughs> by the way. All right, uh, real quick. Honey. Okay, I hate <laughs> – I spend a lot of money on my house. Um, contractors, hot tubs, flashlights, like – Pork burritos. Pork burritos. Uh, it's so frustrating to me to wake up this morning. First of all, I had a weird wake up today. So I looked at my watch. I woke up, and I had to go to the bathroom at yeah. like 2. Right. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to chill for a minute. I laid back down and I'm like, okay, just go to the bathroom. It's only two o'clock. You'll be fine. Go to the bathroom, go into the bathroom, look at my Apple watch. It's 429. 
my alarm goes off at 4.30. So it wasn't 2 o'clock anymore. It was 4.30. It was just an odd way to wake up. Uh-huh. Like, it, it, it just is like, damn it. So then I get in the shower or whatever, and I'm, I'm looking at my beautiful brand new Air Max 90s that I'm about to strap on, um, you know, to these jet skis of feet I wear. Right, right. Uh-huh. And I hear a beep. And I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? Beep. And so I'm standing at the top of my stairs. And I'm like, God, please tell me I didn't leave the refrigerator open. Because <laughs> I take my um, omega-3, it's my Barleen's omega-3. Your steroids. Right, yeah. yeah, my steroids, right before I go to bed. Right. And that's in the refrigerator. So I thought, oh, man, did I leave the fridge open? Walk over to the fridge. I'm standing in front of the fridge, and I hear behind me, I'm like, Ugh. and so like, it's just a dead battery in my panel for my, like this alarm panel I have. So our alarm system, it's in the living room and, and it says dead battery. And I don't know how the, you know, like what that means. So I'm thinking, okay, is there a dead battery in the panel? Is there a dead battery downstairs? Cause we have this huge speaker. Like when the alarm goes off it yeah. like explodes in my, Anyway, no, that battery's fine. So my wife does some research into it, beep, and it turns out that it's one of the door sensors, but they don't tell you which door sensor it is. So now you got to figure out which door sensor it is or window sensor. And it's like, man, (laughs) I've had so many things in this house. And again, I want to say, I knew there were issues when I bought the career. Mm -hmm. I knew it. But it is just unnerving the little things that go wrong in your house that you just can't fix. You know, like I have vaulted ceilings in, in my bedroom. So we put in these, these nest things like a, a smoke and carbon detector. Right. But they have what's called a nightlight on them. So it's motion activated. So if you roll over in bed, the nightlight turns on. Just so you can go to pound town. It's a 12 foot ceiling. So now I got to get a ladder and try to figure it like, come on, dude. Do, do you want to be 12 foot up on a ladder? I don't. You're so fucked. Thank you. <laughs> but like the, the guy who installed the shelves in my custom shower did it completely wrong. I have no idea how to install shelves in shower tile. And it, it's just, it's maddening. Yeah, man. It is absolutely maddening. And, and like I had this lady come out and install Christmas lights on my house. They look nice. Yeah, there's four bulbs burned out. Like you just put them on the other day. Yeah. And there's four bulbs burned out. Beep. <laughs> and it's just like, come on. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's, it's, it it's makes you crazy. Yeah. It absolutely makes you crazy. What's the worst thing that happens in a house for you? Mm. I mean, it's got to be like a dishwasher going out or some sort of like major piece that you use. So like, you know, like the um, the direct TV box sometimes doesn't process the screen like it doesn't process the feed properly. So the screen will blink and you're like, all right, this but like this is a pain in my ass, but it's not a big enough pain in the ass to call direct TV and have them come out. And Cause then you got to have somebody in your house and you got to take care of the dogs. And, yeah, then- and it's just like this racket. And so it's like, damn, you know, so 
I mean, stuff like that is just it, it is beep. is what it is. And it's just beep. Shut up. Yeah. Like you just want just work, just work. Right. Like, drop that mother. Your only job, DirecTV, is to put content on my TV for three hours a day when I may have a few minutes to watch it. So if you don't work, what good are you? What now? Let me tell you what now. Right? Hey, Christmas light lady, <laughs> your only job is to string Christmas lights on my roof line. Not ones that are burned out. Vexes me. It's crazy. Did they tell me they were coming? They didn't. They just showed Terribly up. vexed. Yeah, they just showed up and they were like, well. That's okay. that's what I do love about, about the whole home services you know. thing in life. People just show up. Like, they don't think it's a problem. You know. Fat Jesus says you're the Charlie Brown of homeowners. Yeah, I kind of feel like that. Yeah. You know, the and Christmas tree up. light, the Christmas light lady just pulled the football away. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you just show up. Like, again, not to keep talking about my contractor, but I finally found a contractor I like. Yeah. Like, you know, Wayman Brothers. I know when they're coming. Like, he, he I owed him payment for replacing my back door. He texted me and he said, hey, I need to stop by. When's a good time? Well, hey, X, Y, Z. And I said, hey, when you get here, can you text me because I'm on the phone all day? Yep, no problem. Got here, texted me, went upstairs, handed him a check. Hasta la see ya. <laughs> Very la simple. Ya. <laughs> Very simple. Not, Not rocket difficult. science. Not difficult. Not rocket and science. And the back door is great. Now, my prima donna dog won't go through the dog door. I want more. Anyway. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, it, it was very fitting that that thing was like, beep. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you block people? Well, I don't block people because there's just no benefit in it. Why do you, why do people want us to block people? What well, is the... there, there's some people watching on delay, I'm guessing, and, oh. and commenting on the B word. Yeah. Brian Clegg says, wow, they called you a B-word, Monty. Yeah. They did. Shout to Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. <laughs> I don't block people because it's it's bad for business. It's bad for business. If you want to make it personal, hey, it's not personal because I don't know you. And my feelings are pretty well bulletproof. You're going to have to go. I mean, I've been called everything from fat to stupid to a B-word. Today, a B-word's pretty inflammatory, but I don't care. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. You know, and he sent me a bunch more vanishing messages about, you know, you know, the church and I shouldn't have said that. And well, it's too late. You did say it. You did. God hates you. You know, like there's nothing I can do about that. I'm a man. You're going to hell. You know, um, Monty, yeah. you need to simplify your life. I, I should just call Vivin. Yeah, just be um, a simp. <laughs> how did the Audi go on the trip, Tim? Oh, it was amazing. Did we did we we told the story yesterday, I think. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we the, we we literally there were a three hour stretch where we were doing a hundred miles an hour, like the Audi is just a rocket ship. Yeah, dude. Cruiser. I mean, speaking of flashlights, that yeah, thing man. is just a rocket ship. Thanks. Yeah, that, like, and then of course we left Mammoth, and what happened? They got a ton of snow. It dumped snow at Mammoth. Assholes. Um, and there was no wind. It was perfect snowboarding conditions. Douchebags. Yeah, the Audi was amazing. Um, hey, are you guys gonna do a public meet and greet anytime soon? Um, there's no plan to, we actually have a lot of travel coming up, uh, Jeff, that will preclude us from, you know, a bunch of people have asked us about meeting up at a jazz game. Um, it's going to be a minute before we go to a jazz game. Cause we're going to be in Hawaii two weeks from today. What's today? Today is Wednesday, the 10th, two weeks from today. We're all flying to, to Maui for, uh, Thanksgiving. No, you can't go. And my life is amazing. Um, but we'll be gone in Maui for 10 days.
then we come back and then we're off the last two weeks of the year. Um, and that there, there's going to be a snowboarding trip in there. Like it probably right mid February around my birthday, I would think, but then for my birthday, I'm going to Denver to snowboard. So yeah. I mean, if you snowboard, we probably could put something together. You know, when's your last show, guys? Uh, well, hopefully not for about 30, 40 years, um, you know, but we'll see. Who knows? Uh, our last show will be Monday the 22nd because you leave the 23rd. Third. The morning of the 23rd. Yeah. Jake's going to L.A. to have taco surf. Yeah, damn right. Dick. Uh, chicken burrito, please. Um, anyway, the point is, <laughs> don't get a chicken burrito. The point is uh, Monday the 22nd will be our last show for November. And then we'll be back the first two weeks of December. And then we out this piece for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Uh, Weasley says, Weasley 25 says broken waterline. Oh my God, bite your tongue. Mm, yeah, don't. Do not say that out loud. Fat Jesus says, isn't every day I meet and greet with you at Cafe Rio? It really is. <laughs> it re I eat Cafe Rio probably three, four times a week. Chicken tacos with lettuce and pico. No, well, you get the same thing every time. Well, you got to diversify. No, mm. not when you're on macros, you don't diversify. Mm. You know, when you're trying to stay under 3,000 calories every day, just you don't Just take diversify. a nice and easy, okay? Just relax. By the way, I figured out, and we're way late now, but by the way, I figured out that, yeah, it turns out I've not been eating 3,000 calories. I've been eating about 2,000 calories. 2,100 calories. How's that? Um, I'm an idiot. I thought there were far more calories in my frozen vegetables than there are. Gotcha. And there's not. There's 240 calories for an entire bag. So what were you accounting for? 600, I think 675. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a huge difference. So I'm, um, you know. Okay. I'm fat. All right. Anyway, sweet. we got to go. Play the music. Okay, good. Uh, good. Make sure you hit subscribe. If you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up and a like. We appreciate you guys being here every day, even if you do call us the B word. Um, you know, back tomorrow. I'm sure we'll have more to argue about with the college football playoff or we won't. Um, but yeah, make sure you subscribe. Send us a picture on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok that you're subscribed. We're going to give away this Xbox Series S uh, when we get to 3,000 subs on this show. And we are currently at, uh, come on, you can do it. You can do it. It won't load. So I don't know how many subs we have, but we're around 2,600. So just 400 to go until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.